Hey guys, I'm Chantel. And I'm Chris. And this is Forgotten Fridays. Hey, Forgotten Fridays listeners, and welcome back. It has been a long two month hiatus. Has it been two months or has it been like three? Um, it's been a minute. Let's just yeah. say that. Um, guys, I'm sorry. I honestly, it hit the two year mark for my friend Susanna's disappearance, and it was just kind of hard when you know that you like cover all these cases and none of them have any resolution and it kind of made me need to take some time away and then once I took time away life happened we all know all the things going on in life currently um but we're back because there's too much to not cover did that make any sense there's too much that we should be covering yeah yeah um a lot has happened uh in this in this time away, I've moved. Things are nice. Things are smooth. Yes, congratulations. And you're yeah. closer now. So recording will be so much easier now. Yeah, let's hope. Fingers crossed. Oh gosh. I will say thank you to everyone who has stayed active on our Instagram page and on our TikTok, as well as the YouTube channel. We definitely want to start getting more content out there for you guys on the YouTube channel, because I know we get a lot of traction over there, but there's not nearly as much content. So I'll try to work on that going forward. But I want to go ahead and dive right into this case, because this one is crazy. Now, this is not a Texas case. It is a Florida case. But since Texas has become the new Florida, might as well cover it. Plus, this case baffled me, and I'm excited to hear you guys' take on it. So buckle up. I personally don't feel this is a black and white case. And I think in the end, we all will be questioning how we feel about it. Um, This is the tragic murder of Brooke Preston. On March 25th, 2017, in West Palm, Florida, police receive a call from Randy Herman Jr., In this 911 call, he confesses to murdering his longtime friend and roommate, Brooke Preston. I'm going to play it now. 911 emergency. Yeah. There's, you need to send police. Okay, and what's going on there? Someone's been murdered. Okay, someone has been murdered. Okay, in what way? Do you know if they're breathing or they're definitely passed away? I don't know. You don't know? Okay, well, what did you see, sir? I'm at Haverhill Park. Just send the police. It was me. I'm sorry. Randy would later claim he murdered Brooke while sleepwalking, and he came to cheating over her lifeless body on the day of the incident right after he called police to turn himself in. No, because I believe that there's like a a law, like, I believe there's like a law, like a stipulation where it's like, you're not, um, like, while you're asleep or in that process of waking up, you have leniency. There was a guy who I believe got away with like, um, he had like, committed murder and there was like a time in between like waking up and he i guess did it in such a fast manner as he woke up it's it's a whole thing i have to i have to google it just to like kind of check that but yeah i believe that's a thing yes and we will get a little more into the court precedents that have been set for this type of a situation because you're right there have been actually a couple of different incidents where sleepwalking was used in defense of murder that's a that's a crazy way to battle. 
it's a crazy way to battle, but it's safer than going the uh, psycho psychosis route, you know? Yeah, that's true. Well, Brooke was a very liked pretty girl with many friends. Those who knew her said she was always happy. Brooke was very close with her family. They had family dinners every week and were very tight knit. Brooke had actually been friends with Randy and her sister, her older sister, Jordan, since they were kids, since they were about 11. And at the time of the police telling Brooke's parents about what happened when they mentioned that it was Randy, honestly, the parents couldn't even believe it. And you can see that in some of the video recordings of the interrogation. Um, So definitely a lot of history between Randy, Brooke, and her sister Jordan. And at the time of the incident, they were all living together. They had rented out a home in Florida. Um, They were all from Pennsylvania. They grew up there. And later in life, around, I think, like I said, Jordan is 23. That's the older sister. Brooke's 21. And um, Randy at the time, let me see. I wrote down his age somewhere here. I want to say he was 24. But anywho, moving on. So um, a little bit of Randy's background. Randy was actually a smaller guy. He was meek, but a little on the chunkier side as well. Um, He came from a home of a strong single mom and a sister. They were all very close as well. Um, He himself mentioned a lot of times that Brooke was also the life of the party. So Brooke was just known as being a super outgoing girl. Um, Randy was a little bit on the opposite side, you know, just being kind of smaller, meeker guy, um, but definitely very close with these girls, very tight knit to the point where they felt comfortable being roommates with him in a whole nother state, you know? I don't know. I don't know how I feel about Randy. I'm going to let you know off, off namesake alone. Nah. They don't do him like that. Randy is a like a... A rough name to have. Like, who still has the name Randy? Randy. Like, you're either going to be a handyman in life, or it's just like, hi, I'm Randy. I'm gonna be doing your uh, doing your drainage today. You know. Um, but I don't know. Randy was also known as a kind and friendly kid as well, and his upbringing, you know, having a single mom and a sister, um, is actually what. Jordan would later say made them feel comfortable to live with him as well. So the incident took place on March 25th, 2017. Again, that was in West Palm, Florida. Uh, They had rented out together, the three of them, a single family home that they shared. It was, the house was on Sarazen Drive off Belvedere Road. Jordan, the older sister, had left for a couple days to spend time with her boyfriend in Colorado. And Brooke at this time had been decided and Brooke at this time had decided to move to Buffalo with her boyfriend. So she had been seeing her boyfriend for about three years. And it's said between everyone that there was never any type of romantic relationship between Randy, Brooke or Jordan. So, um, you know, even to say later on, we'll get into it, but even to say like he may have had an issue with Brooke leaving. I mean, she had been dating this guy for three years. So at this time, Brooke had came back home to basically get all of her stuff and head to Buffalo to start her new life with her boyfriend. 
Let's see. Randy had woke up Thursday around 3.30 a.m. the previous day and picked her up at the Fort Lauderdale airport, then dropped her off at home. He then went to the beach to catch the sunrise. And later that day, the pair returned from the beach and spent the whole day drinking on the beach. Later that afternoon, they went back to the house and continued to drink. So let's set the, the tone here. Let's paint the picture. These are two early 20s friends, very close friends, best friends, been friends their whole lives. And they basically have spent the whole day day drinking. I'm not a drinker myself, but I would be done for. Like if I sat out in the heat on the beach all day and drank and then came home and drank, like I don't, I can't even, I wouldn't even be me. Yeah, I completely, I completely agree with you because it's like, I don't even feel like anytime I hear about people like drinking just to do it. No, that doesn't sound fun. This, I I don't know. Alcohol is like one of those things where I just, I don't like dabbling because you're very vulnerable when you're like on that substance. It's just, and being like that in public, I'm one of those people where I'm thinking, like, I like to be alert to what's going to happen around me. You never know. Yes, exactly. And um, I forgot to mention, but just to throw it in there, the reason why Brooke was and her boyfriend were moving to Buffalo is because the boyfriend had got a job offer. So that's the reason. There was no history that had her wanting to leave or anything, just simply, you know, life changes. But yes, going back to the drinking, it's just, I know people do it. I know people, you know, there's people listening right now that are going to be like, bro, drinking so much fun. And I totally get that. Um, But just me personally, with my drinking capacity, a day of drinking would be blackout drunk for me. So keep that in mind just as we go throughout this. You know, think of your own. See, but right now, like, as when you throw like alcohol into the equation, alcohol is a substance to where it, it's going to give, like, it can either give a person courage, but it's also in a lot of like, abuse cases murders like it it really it numbs a person it almost like if you had a thought to kill someone alcohol is going to amplify that thought and give it to where it's like there's no consequence like it takes the consequence of what's going to happen after this away from your mind yes yeah so don't like randy bro don't like Randy. It's already looking like that. But you said that this case isn't black and white, so I'm like, maybe, maybe, maybe Randy's just, I don't know. Let's see. Keep no. going, Shan. Sorry. No, all good. So basically, after this long day of drinking, again, remember, they've spent the whole day drinking. They went to the beach. Now they're back at the house. Well, basically, Brooke calls her friend Kyle McGregor. He's a friend, actually, to all of them. Um, and she basically lets him know, she texts him at first and she's like, please pick me up. Randy is belligerently drunk and acting weird. Um, so he of course comes to pick her up. And while he's there, he could see that Randy was stumbling and clearly drunk beyond, you know, belief. Um, as he went to the kitchen to get a drink, Randy, he lost sight of Randy, but then Brooke comes running in saying Randy was squatting in her closet naked she also said he put his finger to his lips you know like in a whisper kind of thing and said don't say anything so of course at that time brooke leaves with the friend and is like hell no i'm I'm leaving she goes and stays at the friend's house that night 
Um, yeah, that just, it sounds fucking bad. <laughs> really bad. All of that sounds weird as hell. Like, yeah. weird as hell. Alcohol, I man. Be like, yeah, that's what I was going to say. I would almost be worried about my friend. Like, if you're, if you've never acted like this before in your life, and you're so fucked up that you are now doing things that you've never done in your life, I almost would be worried. But again, I'm not a drinker, so I feel like, you know what I mean? I like, maybe no. it's dramatic. Me personally, me personally, this is just how I, I personally would handle this. Squatting naked in my closet and you're going to hit me with a shh. No, no. Yeah, I'm going to have to piece you up. I'm going to have to piece you up. You are not going to, you are not going to do this to me. You're not going to put that no, mental image real. in my head. No. Oh my god! Honestly, now that you say that, that would be my first reaction because I would think it was like a ghost or something. If I seen something in the closet, I'd be like, bah, bah, you know, even if I didn't want to fight him, even if I didn't want to, see, Kyle is just pulled up, and if I go up in here, let Kyle know, hey, he's in there naked in my closet. Hit me with a shh. No. <laughs> Like, Randy, you made me do this to you, Randy. I didn't want to beat your ass, Randy. Like, come You on. know what? I have actually met a Randy. And the funny thing about that is he was nicknamed Booty Hunter Randy. So just, just letting you know, Randy is not a cool name to me now that I, now I've oh, remembered this. God. Yeah. Yeah, okay. Well, you need to keep an eye on that friend because that just doesn't sound good. I feel like we're going to cover a case on him one day. You know what? I would not be surprised, Shannon. He used to say some very out of line, weird things, like weird things. Well, the next morning, Brooke came back to the house to get the rest of her stuff, and then she went to breakfast with the friend. Randy texted her at that point, and she invited him to breakfast. He declined, but asked her to come back by the house um, because he had something for her that he wanted to give her. And she told him she would after breakfast. So again, before we even move on, I just want to say that alone lets me know that Brooke, Brooke did feel comfortable with this person. She did feel like the incident from the night before, although weird and fucked up and definitely made her uncomfortable, wasn't her friend. Because I don't feel like she would have even reached out or went, wanted to go back to the house. You know what I mean? If she didn't think that, oh, he's just tripping or something, you know? Has he done that before? Like, is is that never. why? Because I just can't see. I'm I'm not comfortable with anyone enough to where if they did something like that, I'd be like, okay, we can move on from. The no, no. But yeah. maybe that's maybe that's true friendship. Maybe I just haven't experienced a true. If Boniface came to my house, <laughs> we live together, and he does. <laughs> no, I'd never talk to him again. I mean, not me for years. Me personally, as a woman, I just don't think I would give this leeway. Maybe to a friend, a girl, maybe, but I just would never feel comfortable. You just can't take any chances, you know. Um, okay, I have a female friend. She does that same scenario. Not never going to talk to her again. Like, why I mean, do you I even? Totally agree. Like, why do oh. you take it here? Like, I can't. Uh, you just, uh, I don't know. Because uh, there's, you know, you remember that, you know, that old saying where it's like uh, a drunk man tells no lies or, I guess, yeah, you know, so that. it's like you don't, I don't know. 
I don't know. Cause I, I a hundred percent agree with that. I feel like people use the substance as a way sometimes to just like make what you did. Okay. Or like as an excuse, I don't know. Yeah, it's tough. It's weird. This is just one of those cases where I don't like the guy already. Like, I don't like how he approached the situation, and I definitely don't like just exposing yourself to someone. I'm not even. It's it's not even that. It's a like anyone. It could have been your guy friend. You hit this. No, this is not an acceptable move. It's true because your substance abuse issues do not give you the right to expose yourself to anyone or to put advances on anyone it's no excuse like at all um lord well brooke went to the house after breakfast she called out his name which randy said woke him up he had a t-shirt for her that he wanted to give to her it was actually a t-shirt that like like memorialized their mutual friend that had passed away Um, so he gave that to her. He told her where it was. He said, um, you know, take care. He hugged her and they said goodbye. And at that time, Randy says that he went back to sleep. A neighbor claimed at 8.49 a.m. they heard screaming. That's his name. That neighbor's name was actually Mr. Childers. So the attack occurred within 10 minutes of her being there. Forensics show the attack began at the end of the hall by the bedrooms then moved down the hall by the fireplace. Then forensics showed she was dragged back to the hallway. She would succumb to her injuries in the hall. Randy says he then came to standing over her body. At 8.57, Randy is seen leaving the house um, on a neighbor's camera and calling 911. He stabbed her 25 times. She had clear defensive wounds. There was, it was very clear that there was a struggle. She fought for her life. And he had stab wound, a stab wound very deep between his fingers. I think it was the thumb and his first finger. Um, a little before we move on from that, I also want to mention I did do a little research into, you know, sleepwalking, the history of it, um, kind of like some of the stuff Chris was saying at the beginning of the episode. Um, I found that it wasn't until 1964 uh, that we started doing like major research on sleepwalking. Um, prior to that we thought sleepwalkers acted out dreams you know like you see on the movies and stuff they're always like a zombie or something that's actually not how it is at all Uh, sleepwalking is a set of related behaviors usually caused by some form of partial arousal out of sleep so what that means is something stirs you in your sleep and it causes you you're still asleep but it causes you to then jerk up and go and do something or move or whatever the case may be Let's see. Um, It's so extensive that people have literally been seen driving while sleepwalking. So it's actually very dangerous. And there's no diminished capacity in Florida. So the laws that you're thinking of, Chris, they do have them in certain states, but Florida does not. This was a precedented case. The DSM-5, which is what psychologists go off of for all mental disorders, um, it didn't or excuse me, it does now recognize sleepwalking. So that's kind of a big deal. After he killed her, he did put a blanket over her. And as we know, some killers do this when they know the victim to preserve their dignity. Um, You'll see in all of the recordings, and I will make sure to put links for them for the interrogations. He was very remorseful. There's no doubt about it. He's sobbing. He's crying. He called immediately the police. He called them immediately and told them to come get him. He didn't run. He didn't do anything. 
Um, so I did want to mention that. Um, and it also is said with sleep ex sleepwalking experts that they don't know who people are when they sleepwalk. It's very pr a primitive state. That part of the brain that controls primitive behavior is actually turned off when you're in that, you know, sleep realm or excuse me, when you're in that stage of REM of sleep. Um, and there is an actual name for it. It's actually called violent para parasomnia, um, but there isn't a whole lot of information on it. Um, like I said, there are a couple cases, one including a man that stabbed his wife like 60 times. Um, there's one where a man killed his child um, and they did get off for, you know, basically what would be still a temporary insanity plea, but for the insanity of like, you know, sleepwalking and whatnot. So it's crazy because it does say like, even though these are extremely, like this was considered an extremely violent crime scene and you would think that that violence would wake them up, it doesn't when they're in that sleepwalking state. He did give her a t-shirt though. Uh, right before, yeah. So basically, let me tell you this timeline because this is a part of what makes it not black and white. So it was a 10 minute window. He, she came, she spoke with him. He says he goes back to sleep, and within 10 minutes, she's basically dead. So the question is could he fall asleep in time to get into that stage of, of REM where he would then be sleepwalking? So, you know, I heard out I heard out everything you had said, and I wanted to go where you were trying to go with it, that he could possibly be innocent, this, that, and the third. And my mind immediately went to, if these people go into such a deep realm where they will kill someone, this man killed his child, I couldn't be on that jury. I would not. No. He is guilty because he can do that again. Like... This man is so dangerous that this same thing could happen. He could do the same thing again. Yes, I, I totally feel it. I don't, I'm not, I don't have a side. I don't think he's innocent or guilty um, because there's things that don't make sense to me. Um, I could understand maybe the sleepwalking thing, but what I don't understand is the time frame. You didn't fall asleep in a deep sleep and that, oh and, and this one this guy is completely uh guilty that's what yeah. oh that was my ultimate thing he uh randy is completely guilty here there is no way there's no way i know i personally i am uh not good when it comes to the whole sleep thing it takes me forever to be able to fall asleep but even for someone like like our brother who can literally just sit down and start going to sleep no Takes them way longer than that. Yeah. So ten minutes. Um, to add to that, Randy's mom and sister did say to the police that he suffered from sleepwalking as a child, but they didn't have the money to take him to someone for it. Let's see. Randy's history. Now I think it's interesting. So Randy has a family history of sleepwalking, so says his mom and sister. Um, his mom and dad split when they were young. The dad lived 40 minutes away, but didn't visit. Later, his sister would be allowed to live with the dad, but the dad did not want to take Randy. Um, their dad was an alcoholic. That's why they split because of abuse. He would lock the kids outside and he beat on their mom. So he was abusive. Uh, Randy's father, Randy Herman Sr., 
killed his girlfriend in February of 2005. So years before. But the case was dropped against him because he committed suicide right after. In that case, he killed her over an argument and then shot himself. Randy Jr. is also the one who had to go in and clean up his father's apartment after his shooting, after he killed himself, and he was just a child at the time. After his father died, Randy went back to live with his mother. All this trauma caused him to suffer from depression. Later on, um, that is when his best friend Jordan and her sister Brooke would move to West Palm Beach and they would talk about him moving to, you know, kind of get out of that depression that he had went through in regards to what happened with his father. His father's death also gave him a $25,000 inheritance that he basically blew and wasted on drugs and alcohol within the time that he moved to West Palm Beach before the actual killing. So Randy's father is actually a murderer too. I have heard that crazy does kind of run the family. Yes. I won't uh, say crazy, just mental illness. Let's say mental absolutely. illness. That's a better word. Just because yeah. it's like you can't hold a bl- like he's seen some things. So I understand the drinking now. The drinking makes total sense. You see some yeah. shit like that. You have to like absolutely every time. And it sucks that so many Americans have issues but can't afford health care. Like they said, he had issues with sleepwalking and things like that, but they couldn't afford to take him to anyone. But I will also say, I will also say that a real mom, like not me as a parent, because no, no, you killed somebody. But a real mom, uh, 100%. if, If someone accused like one of my siblings of murder and they had no proof, my first, my first thought is I'm gonna be on y'all's side. I have to be. I have to be. No one else's. For the kid, you mean for her son? Yeah, I oh, mean absolutely. the sister, the mom. I'm like, he said, yeah. like, wait. So Shan said sleepwalking was her. Th- yeah, she sleepwalked every day yeah. when she was no, a kid. Of Always. Of course, <laughs> of course. Yeah. So, um, two. It took two years before the trial began and he sat in prison the whole time um i guess it'd be jail because right you don't go to prison until after you're convicted um and this like i said earlier was the first case like this in florida he couldn't afford a lawyer so he got a public defender and of course their hometown of pnpa hated him now because i guess they're from a small town and so once everyone heard about it you know he was hated back in that small town there were only seven criminal cases of sleepwalking. Four, oh, one was the four-year-old boy whose father killed him, and then the husband that killed the wife. Those are the both the two I told you about earlier. Both not guilty, and he was looking at fifty years for second-degree murder. The public defender offered him fifty years in a plea deal, but Randy wouldn't take it. Experts were brought in in regards to sleepwalking and its history. And other similar cases were mentioned. Character witnesses were brought in, but the jury they did not buy his sleepwalking defense and agreed with prosecutors' arguments that Brooke's killing was premeditated and an act dro- driven by sexual desire. He was convicted of first-degree murder, 
sentenced to life in prison and is now serving life in prison at the Hardy Correctional Institute in Boiling, no, in Bowl, I can't say it, in Bowling Green, Florida. Randy did file an appeal of his conviction and that request was immediately denied. And that is the case of Brooke Preston and the tragic murder of Brooke Preston. So with all that being said, Chris, what do you think? How do you feel? Rest in peace. Rest in paradise, Brooke. To her sister, Jordan, I am very sorry and sad that you had to lose a sibling like that in such a way. Um, I know that this is like probably confusing for for the party just because like everyone was kind of close, but I will say. 10 minutes you ain't falling asleep in 10 minutes it's important there isn't i i that is a superpower if you can fall asleep in 10 in 10 minutes and yeah. you don't have enough money for a lawyer which lets me know that you know you had to have been stressing on the on the loss of one income you know what i mean so mm-hmm. you ain't getting you ain't falling asleep in 10 minutes well also too it makes i know his defense tried to say Basically like that, how I was saying with sleepwalking, what causes it is that abrupt, um, what was it again? How, how was it said? Let me see. Um, usually caused by some form of partial arousal out of sleep. So his defense kind of said the tone, kind of set the tone of saying like, what if her coming in is what startled him out of his sleep? So technically he was never really awake. He was sleepwalking the whole time. So even when he spoke with her, he was sleepwalking and stuff like that. What do you feel about that? So that you can talk in your sleep when you're sleepwalking? To be honest, yeah. Because that yeah, sounds strange. Can. Like Think of how people do sleep. Think about, I don't know if you've ever known anyone that's a wife actually have, or not sleepwalk, but someone that like talks in their sleep. They do. They'll sit there and have a conversation with you and you'll be like, what I've, the hell is that? See, <laughs> I've heard people talk in their sleep, but they have never had their eyes open and like fully like yeah. engaged with me as they're doing it. Like they're walking yeah. and moving. No, that would freak me the fuck out. Absolutely. And, and like, we can never oh, you're know. awake? Only like, Brooke sadly would know how he was. But see, the reason why I, I, I side with the prosecution, I'm going to do my research and, you know, educate myself upon sleepwalking now that I know that this is a real thing. But um, my my the reason why I side with the prosecution is the the previous day to this, the, the build up. You have a moment yeah. with Brooke where you completely shift and go out of character. That seems like the same character who would be you know, uh, tempted or able to carry out a murder. If that, if you see what I, if you kind of can see my reasoning. Yeah. Yeah. His behavior the previous day to me too, if I was sitting on the jury, that would have been what swayed me to be honest, because it, it just, it just doesn't look good. Now don't get me wrong. I'm, I'm for the victim all the way, but with the right defense attorney with some money, he could have got off of this. Honestly, he really could have because, it's just a crazy case, and we know how our justice system is set up, and you have to prove beyond a reasonable doubt. This sleepwalking defense is the reasonable doubt. Unfortunately for him, he just had a public defender. Uh, with that being said, I personally think that 
this was a great excuse after you did what you did. And no matter what, I agree with what you said, that no one deserves to be murdered, brutally stabbed 25 times because you have a sleepwalking problem. No matter whether you did it on purpose or not, you got to sit in jail, bro, because you took a life. And it's terrible and it's sad. And I do feel a little something for him because he literally called the police immediately. So I, I do feel like, well, what was the purpose of killing her if he didn't plan to get away with it? You know what I mean? Like he just planned to go sit in jail. That doesn't make any sense. But people do crazy things all the time. And either way, someone was murdered and their life was taken. So you're where you're supposed to be, you know, when it comes down to it. Uh, I don't know. Because calling in, like, that's such an age-old thing, though. It's like some do that. That's a real thing for some. Like for some murderers, that's that's like the next step. You do feel remorseful. You're not completely like narcissistic or so like disassociated from humanity that you don't like register right and wrong. Yeah. Like some so people get can... overthrown in the heat of moment and yeah. can completely kill someone and then be like, Oh shit, I did that. And then now that's when the remorse insane. comes in. You His father killed a woman during an argument. Oh, I didn't even like that. Yeah, literally same thing. God. History repeats itself, and I'm just saying, if that's not history repeating itself, God, it really just is. wish that the second generation did better. You know. Oh, and got him. The, I mean, honestly, I feel you even mad saw what no happened one, with your dad. Like, why didn't his family give him help? You let this baby clean up his father's crime scene and you didn't think to get him. Not to shame anybody or put it on anybody, but eek. Why did he clean up the crime scene? That seems yeah, like something that... Only in America, dude. Only in America. <laughs> yeah, go in there and see some traumatizing shit. It's going to scar you for the rest of your life. <laughs> you either get what? clean by you or no one, so I don't know. But this was a great case. I mean, not a great case, horrible situation, but this is a crazy case, right? Like there, there's no, I definitely didn't feel it was black or white. Even now feeling like he's where he's supposed to be. I still have so many questions. Yeah. Though I am realizing more and more and it's just, I can't be, hopefully I never get jury duty. Hopefully that is a thing that never happens in this world because either we're not leaving because I'm going to be that one. Me too. Or, Me too. <laughs> like, are you sure about that? The facts yeah. aren't adding up right now. I no, know you guys no. want to go, but don't y'all want justice to be served? <laughs> Absolutely. That's how I feel too. Well, I am so glad we are back and recording for the podcast. Expect more content. We will have a special guest next week. And hopefully if we can make it happen, we can get that on YouTube as well. We're going to try to do some video content. Um, so make sure you follow us, like, and subscribe, all that jazz. Um, and make sure that you are subscribed to the podcast on either Apple Podcasts or Spotify, wherever you listen, so that you get the updates when we drop a new episode. That is all for me. Anything else for you today, Chris? If your name's Randy, change it, please. <gasps> yeah, you might as well, bro. Like, 
<sighs> only good Randy I've ever met is Chelsea from Teen Mom's dad, and he is a good dude. So I don't want to do all Randy's raggedy, but I mean, his that's probably his middle name. His first name is probably something different, you know. <laughs> I I it just came to my mind, Randy Orton's theme song. I hear voices in my head. Randy Orton's saying, a douchebag too. Oh, like, Randy's! It's just from Randy's, jump, man. like wow. <laughs> I'm so glad we were back to shitting on these people's names. I will see you guys next week. Thank you for listening. Bye, guys. Bye, guys.